and welcome back to another episode of the Lux Ops Here podcast. This is the wide receiver preview for fantasy football 2022 season. Got my brother Brett with me. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, hermano. And I uh, also got the soundboard back with... Uh, I thought the generals were due. <laughs> so, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And uh, well, let's, there's a lot of guys to go over, so let's get right with it. Um, first, we'll just throw out a couple deep sleepers we like that you know you might be able to take late, late, late in your drafts. Uh, I can think of a couple top of my head I've been grabbing. Uh, Brett, you go first. Who do you like? So uh, one guy I really like you can get double-digit rounds normally is Isaiah McKenzie, slot receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Cole Beasley excelled in this role. He is a shifty, hard to bring down a guy when you get him in space, like special teams guy. Yeah, and it's um, Buffalo the, offense, so yeah, they should be getting yeah. touches. In in the couple games he actually played that role in the years past, he went huge. So, and who else do you like? Uh, Kyle Phillips. He's a guy you could get with your very last pick. Um, he's the go-to target out of camp for um, Ryan Tannehill on the Titans, slot guy. Uh, could be high target, and if he doesn't work out, you just cut him for the first guy in free agency. Um, you know, I, Kyle Phillips was another guy I had on there. Um, just a couple guys, just start throws. I like I like James Prochet or Devin Duvernay. Take a chance at one of them late because one of them will end up being the number two receiver in Baltimore. Um, I also like um, – oh, God damn, I can't even think of the fucker's name, so maybe I don't like him that much. <laughs> oh, no, I, I do like uh, McKenzie. I do like also Jameson Crowder in that – you know, uh, they signed him for a reason. Kind of, that's one of those follow the money moves in Buffalo. If you want to get a piece of that offense, and then uh, yeah, Kyle Phillips, he was uh, the other, another guy on my list there. So yeah, very similar there. Um, I also have some. Here's okay. Now we're gonna do our top twenty four. So basically, you know, doing the top two receivers uh, we think for your uh, wide receiver one and twos for the season. I have some honorable mention guys. I didn't quite make my list here, but that is speaking of Baltimore, Rashad Bateman. Um, Alamon Ron St. Brown, Jerry Judy, Hunter Renfro, Russell Gage, Christian Kirk, Alan Lazard, and DK Metcalf. And if you notice, there's kind of a theme there. It's either guys that are entering like their second year, coming off an injury, moving to a new place, or they have a new quarterback. You know, it's, it's like, yeah. and so there's a little bit of question marks with that, but that's why I, those guys didn't quite make my list. I wanted to put them in there, but I just felt like, uh, there, I I had a better thing going ahead with these other guys. Quick thing with Metcalf is as of August 30th, Garoppolo might be cut from the 49ers. And if he ends up over there with Seattle, he's a guy I could have in my top 15. Easy. Yeah, yeah, I could bump. I, yeah, I could bump. And Tyler Lockett, too. I could bump both those guys up pretty quick. Yeah. Way up. They'd yeah. probably both be top 24. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, so that's the kind of stuff to keep an eye on still, but... Um, we got to look at what's happening and what's in front of us. Exactly, you got to call it how you see it today. They yeah. got to stay stay fluid in fantasy because tomorrow the world can change. All right. So, who's your number twenty four? Number twenty four is Darnell Mooney. Um, right. I have a hard time taking this guy, but the reality is, as a rookie, he had a thousand yards in a complete garbage situation with the Bears last year, and it's not going to be worse. Yeah, it's a second year receiver, uh, so I always like that. That's a big uh, potential for upside there. And I actually don't have him on my list, but uh, I, no, I like that because dude, someone's going to be the number one wide receiver in uh, Chicago with Allen Robinson in L.A. now. So that makes a lot of sense. I have as my number 24, Gabe Davis from the Buffalo Bills. Um, I would I might I, you know, I might want to put him higher, 
because but just like I think this is a good spot for him. Like he makes my list, but like based on what we saw in the playoffs last year, he has like a four touchdown game and stuff. Like like there's some crazy upside potential to have some monster week. So especially in best ball leagues, I love Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is great, man. Big body. Uh, he he's a guy with a wide range of outcomes, and I think twenty four is a solid place for him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, who do you like? Number twenty three, Deontay Johnson. All right, uh, he was someone who was originally off my top twenty four list, but as it looks more and more like Pickens is going to be or Pickett, not Pickens, the receiver yeah. is going to be the guy. Um, I I have faith that he's going to make the smart moves, throw to the open guy. That will be Johnson. You know what? Um, I'll just get him out of the way too because I have actually actually have him as my number twenty two. So we're pretty close on that one. Um, but yeah, basically same shit you're saying there. Um, he's one of those sneaky guys that can bail in the cracks. And with George Pickens, and I, George Pickens almost would be in my list right now, but he's just a rookie. He can't. But like, I just took him in this draft I'm doing with Kramer. Um, but with Pickens and Chase Claypool having two. Big alpha like field stretchers on the outside. There's gonna be stuff for Fryermuth. There's gonna be stuff for Deontay Johnson. I feel, and so I think I've been hearing. I've been hearing Claypool might be in the slot. That, I mean, see, that gets really interesting, you know. And yeah, and there's, and there's a lot of kind of stuff you can do with that. So yeah, I definitely like Deontay Johnson. But for my number twenty three, I have Marquise Hollywood Brown, um, getting traded from Baltimore to a more passing offense. I think that right away he's gonna have bigger target share. And with DeAndre Hopkins out for the first few weeks there, there's a serious chance for him to cement himself as a number one receiver, like where he could be much yeah. higher on this list. Um, and also the fact that him and Kyler Murray were college teammates together at Oklahoma. I, I think you factor all those things in, and I could, had to get him on my list. But also, like I said, it's a new situation, so I can't put him yeah. too much higher than this. He, he's my number 20, and they signed him before they extended Murray, which means Murray wanted this. Hopkins is out and he's going to be that number one target, maybe even Ertz, but he'll be right there in targets early on. And if they establish a good connection, Hopkins isn't going to overtake him. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he'll just be an addition. He'll be, but, he'll be uh, yeah. A, a, another piece of the puzzle. Like, and if you're, you're drafting for the early part of the season, as much as the late part of the season, you know, so yep. you're going to get a guy who you could put in at your flex or wide receiver two and feel good about it right away. So who do you have as your number 22 Hunter Renfro? Um, there was an analysis done on the system that McDaniels is bringing over. And they said that Derek Carr would be like the perfect quarterback for his system. This was like three years ago because he can make decisions well and get the ball in the right places with schemed plays. And Hunter Renfro is going to be the Wes Welker, the, yeah, the Edel, you know, Amendola even, you know, like there's been Edelman. All these guys have had huge numbers. That was who role. I was thinking about Kyle Phillips, too. <clears throat> they're very much in the similar role that, that they're mm -hmm. not too fast, but they can hit the open spot and they'll, they'll catch the ball like they have good and, hands. And yeah. Renfro's game's all about third and Renfro getting those targets. It's not about touchdowns. So Derek Carr's lack of throwing touchdowns doesn't really hurt his value for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just kind of worried about Devontae Adams <laughs> coming there. So that's that's why I had him in my honorable mention. Not quite making it all right so we're up to number 21 because i already have deontay so um who do you have is your number 21 guy i got alan robinson he's a a guy that he's had all the talent and had been with the worst quarterbacks and the worst head coaches and he's getting a great head coach yeah. great offensive scheme and like the by far the best quarterback he's ever had. Okay, I have him as my number 19. And so, yeah, I'm, like, right in that range with you right <laughs> here with him. Um, dude, not only that, all that, but, like, I think there's a – he's like, dude, athletically, he's better than Cooper Cup. 
Yeah. Like, like I, I mean, like physically he's better. And like, so yeah, he doesn't have the report with Stafford or anything, but if teams try and really like try and early on, try and take Cooper cup away, at least for the first few weeks of the season, you could be getting some crazy monster value out of this guy. And Alan Robinson just gave up last year. He was not into playing there. He was just catching. Yeah, he, was, he had a, he had a fucking bad ankle and like, dude, and that offensive line could not protect long enough for them to get the, him the ball. Like his A dot was so bad because they just couldn't get him downfield at all. Like it was, he's, he's excited to play football again, and yeah. this offense is going to use him right. If I, Robert I, Woods can be a top twenty guy, there's no way Allen Robinson can't. All right, my number twenty one is Juju Smith Schuster. I should, pro- <laughs> I might even want to have him higher on here, but it's like, dude, he's going to be the number one uh, wide receiver, even though Kelsey is the number one target in Kansas City. He's the number one wide receiver in an offense where Patrick Mahomes is going to throw 5,000 yards a year. So this is still a potential 1,500-yard fucking uh, 10 touchdown position for him. So, yeah. um, And people forget, he's still young. Yeah. He came into the league really young. He's only like 24, dude. We could the- see like a monster breakout for him. I agree. He's been a top five guy in the past, so it's always easy to bet on guys who to do what they've done before. Yeah. Uh, the reason he ended up off my list at 25 is because he's already getting his knee drained. Uh, yeah. Oh. After workouts and stuff the early in the, even though he's 24, I'm worried those knees might be 34. Yeah. But uh, like I said, it's something he's worked through in the past and still put up numbers, but I just feel like it's, you know, give the other side sometimes, right? But everything you said, I agree with, and I could see a huge year from him. Okay, number 20, you we already named your guy, right? And Marquise Hollywood, Hollywood. Brown there. Yep. Okay, well, I have Brandon Cooks, um, who, dude, once again, another guy, like, is kind of creeping up in my, my power rankings. And I, I and he's, dude, I got him on both my FFPC uh, football, football guys team. One draft in June, one draft in August. Got him in, like, the eighth round in June. Got him in the fourth round in August, if you want to get... Dude, he got something like 130 targets compared to Nico Collins' 60 targets last year if you want to look at the target breakdown. And let's not forget, Davis Mills was the best rookie quarterback last year. Like All the hype all the other guys got, Davis Mills was the best. He left Stanford a year early, so him going into his year two as a quarterback, there could be a very big upside in the developmental core here. But, dude, all Brandon Cooks has done his career is gone out and got 1,000 yards every year, basically, no matter what the quarterback is, what the situation is. I don't know why teams keep trading him, but this guy's the man, dude. I have him even higher. I have him at 15. And for me, he's the perfect wide receiver, too, because – He's never really going to win you the week where he puts up such a huge game. No one can catch, but he's never going to lose you the week. No, if you're in a PPR format, his floor is 15 points, but his ceiling's 25. So if you have a Jamar chase, maybe as your, as your top guy, yeah, that guy could score 50 and win you the week, but he might also just have a rough game where he gives you 10. Yeah. You're never going to get that 10 out of Brandon cooks. No, you're going to be 15 to 25 every week, steady Eddie, and he's going to bring stability to a lineup. Yeah, and I, dude, uh, here's a little sleeper thing, little tidbit. I'm big on the Texans just in general this year, man. I think they're getting disrespected. I think that I think the Titans are down this year, like compared to last year, and their defense is a mess. I think the Colts are a much different team, and people are kind of assuming they're going to be something that they might not be because that line isn't as good as it was. They lost a couple guys, um, and then Jacksonville is Jacksonville. Dude, I've sprinkled them already at 30 to 1 to win that division. Just a few bucks, you it's, know? It's not a bad bet, man. It, it's, it's not a bad bet. Because that's way too high of an odds for a, a division I think should be much closer. Because, like, dude, here's the thing is it's one of those where if you look at the win totals, 
they're all around the same group. They're all within like a couple wins of each other. It's yeah. like, how could they all be within a couple wins of each other in the win total market? But on the division market, these guys are way out of it. So, uh, yeah. And with the Davis Mills second year, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the Texans to be kind of a surprise team. I also have them in a money line parlay with the Steelers week one that pays like 14 to one. So there you go. Yep. So let's keep, keep the train rolling. Uh, who'd you have as your number 19? I had, uh, Allen Robinson. Okay, so I had a Keenan Allen. Um, Keenan Allen has been a guy kind of like Brandon Cooks, high floor, kind of lower ceiling guy, tons of targets. I just think there's so much going on, and he might be at a point where we start to see he's getting older, that his skills kind of diminish a little, but that's why he's at 19. Like, this is a guy who's been a top 12 guy for the past few years, but there's just enough here that makes me think, um, Mike Williams passes him this year as the the guy, and uh, without a lot of touchdown upside from him, nineteen um, is where I feel safe putting him. I actually have him as my number fifteen. I do have Mike Williams higher, and we'll get to that later. But uh, I, I think uh, um, I think the Chargers' offense with Herbert is enough to support their top two receivers being two top fifteen fantasy guys. If that makes it like. I agree. And then uh, I I also think that uh, they don't really have the tight end. Like, Gerald Everett, it doesn't scare me as a guy who's going to hog targets away from these guys, especially in the red zone. And Austin Eckler, as good as a receiver he is, and, I've dude, I've taken him in first round in a couple of these big drafts, but at the same time, dude, like, running backs get hurt. So you can't count on them to have, like, t- like consistent target production for the year, whereas I think you can with uh, in this offense. I still am going to give them two f- f- top 15 guys there. But, yeah, I... I mean, we're in the same range on a lot of these guys. We're not too far off. We haven't had the same guy in the same spot yet, but I think we'll probably get there. I mean, probably maybe top. Who knows, though? Um, okay, what are we at now? Number 18? Number 18. We're not going to get the same guy in the same spot here because I got Amon Ross St. Brown here, who's someone you had as the outside, uh, outside 24 tw- looking in. Yep. But um, so last year, here's the like the downside of him. Last year when he was doing his thing in the fantasy playoffs and getting all his targets – he was like the only guy there and there's a lot of screen passes and just dump it off to him. Let him make something happen. But when you have the faith that this guy can move your offense by himself, just get him, get him the ball. It's because he's a great talent and not that I'm a big guy on hard knocks bump, but in hard knocks, when they asked him, he could name all 17 receivers who were drafted ahead of him. And he has that chip on his shoulder that you need in the NFL to succeed. You know, what's funny about that is when I saw him do that, when I saw him naming all those guys, I was like, <laughs> you know what? I- I'm going to take him into my next couple drafts. I got coming. I'm going to try and get a piece of him. And then in the next one, I- it was perfect timing where I got him right after Brandon cooks in uh, this football guy. So yeah, I, Dude, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, he definitely has some dog in him, and he's definitely moved up my board since I've seen that. So. There's some quotes. There's some quotes that just get me going. I think it was I might have this wrong, but I think it was Isaiah Pacheco in his first interview. They asked him how camp was going, and he just said, "I'm ready to take a grown man's job." And I was like, <laughs> "Damn!" Like I love that in a rookie. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's amazing, dude. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, he might be there in, in that football because it's a six-hour clock. He might be there on my next pick. If so, I'm 100% taking him. Uh, and I'm I'm using that quote to Kramer to, to be like, oh, if you don't want this, you know, if you don't think this guy's an alpha dog, here's, here's why. Um, all right. Uh, my number 18 is Terry McLaurin. Dude, scary Terry for the Washington Commandos. Dude, like, he is, uh, he sh- I mean, the reason why I don't have him higher is Carson Wentz, straight up. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, if any, pretty much anybody else in the league was his quarterback, I would probably have him in my top 15, top 12. Like, I, I think he's a beast. Like, he, he kind of fell into that Almond Ross St. Brown for me. Of I actually took him out of my top 24 for Mooney this morning. And uh, it just, Wentz is a downgrade, I think, from the Green Lizard last year. Yeah. And yeah. it just, but, you know, He's a guy that I would be happy to be wrong on because I love his talent. I love his grit. Well, He'll there, play through nagging me, injuries. I've noticed now, like, there's a pedigree. Like, Alabama running backs, dude. You look around the league, dude, uh, since Nick Saban's taken over, every Bama running back drafted th- in the third round, at least, top 100 pick range. Like, they've all gone for over 1,000 yards. Um, and, like, dude, Ohio State receivers, same thing. You got, like, Michael Thomas, dude. Now you got Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson both being drafted in the top 15 this year. You got Jackson Smith Nigma coming in next year, who might be, like, dude, like, the next fucking Terrell Owens, man. That guy was amazing in the Rose Bowl, if you didn't see that. And Terry McLaurin fits that profile, these prolific, high-volume Ohio State receivers. Yeah. The one thing that worries me is they actually have a really good receiver core. Yeah. Yeah, no, with, they they do. With Dotson, Samuel, and I don't, him, I'm, I'm not and you never know things. who Wentz is going to gravitate towards. That's the thing is bringing in Dotson, that's kind of another reason why he's downgraded on me, but like, I'm not sold on Curtis Samuel, dude. He's one of those, he's he's another Percy Harvin type dude that like, we, we've kind of seen it, but it never really all comes together. Just because he's not one of the best doesn't mean Wentz isn't going to throw to him a bunch. It, yeah. So, it, yeah. Moving on. 17, <laughs> who do you got? I got Jalen Waddle. All right. Um, he, um, he kind of went. You know what? I'll agree with you on that one. I'm going to flip flop these two guys. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm go. Go on. The hamstring injuries actually has me a little concerned because he's not playing and they're running a new system. But this guy is a talent. <clears throat> and if my last year he did a lot working like slants and close to the line of scrimmage catching balls. And I think if Tyreek's going to be doing a lot of deep stuff, there's going to be a lot of like check down to a crosser for him. And I, I just think like, it's, I don't know. It's so hard to say that two is going to support two top 17 wide receivers, but they, they're so talented. I, I know. I agree with you. And uh, I actually, okay. So I originally had him at 14 and Tyreek at 17, but I'm going to flip those. I'm going to put Tyreek in at 14. Um, but yeah, that, that two is what kind of downgrades them both into that fifth, like that that tier in that range. But here's the thing with Jalen Waddle that I keep thinking is that yeah, you're dude. He's such a he's a physical fucking dude. Like yeah, he, like a lot of these speedsters. Like Tyreek Hill's a speedster, but he's like more of a like a smaller guy. Like he's like he's dude. Jalen Waddle's got some fucking thick, like some fucking some bite to him here. Yeah, and I could see them with the their their new coach McDaniel. I, yeah, having him come from San Francisco where they were just using Debo Samuel in this hybrid running back role, I could see something like that happening with Waddle more than anybody else on that roster. And they, they don't have a tight end that they could trust to block and catch passes. So it's going to leave the middle of the field open for those plays to go to Waddle, not Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah, no, like there's going to be a, this offense <sighs> creates a lot of opportunities for a guy like him. Like, yeah. And I do think they'll be able to figure out creative ways to get him the ball, especially within the first few li- yards of the line of scrimmage on like different run- jet sweeps, runs, all kinds of different weird screen passes, all kinds of stuff to really get the downfield stuff to Tyreek. You know, like, like I, I okay, so I think Tyreek Hill might finish ahead of him in total points, but 
it's gonna be like real spur like up and down whereas waddle is gonna be more like he'll be more of a rock yeah i I more of that rock for your lineup yeah no i'm I'm with you on that so i will put waddle there um wow okay there we go we got we got one that uh we're in the same uh boat on uh and all right who do you got number 16 16 aj brown dude so do i same pick too bro (laughs) uh like he would be like a top five guy if i trust hurts more but when i'm reading out of camp is like there i mean it's all tongue-in-cheek but they're saying like if the season started today aj brown would be getting 275 targets this year (laughs) (laughs) nobody gets that but they're just saying like hurts is realizing like get this ball to this dude's hands because you're not tackling him easy. This no. man is like such a freight train beast. Dude, he compliments their running game there so well. Um, yes. it's And then with having a Devontae Smith, a guy who could fucking take the top off the defense downfield on the other side, really forcing defenses are going to have to stay honest on this, on him. And yeah. it's, it's the same situation with Waddle and Hill, I think. Whereas you have one guy that can really, really, really stretch it and another guy who's just a fucking athletic beast with speed where if you throw him that screen pass and the other guy going deep stretching the defense there's gonna be a lot of underneath stuff for him to really make plays and get guards after the catch and stuff it's so rare a cornerback one-on-ones tackling aj brown yeah like no. the best he can do is slow him down enough for the safety or a linebacker to come over and i think in this offense he commands a double team like almost every you know like passing down and just the fact that they have such a good running game like uh, that's one thing that made him work well in Tennessee. They had that yeah. good running game with Derrick Henry, and he was able to take his physical nature is able to take advantage of that kind of offense and setting the tone that way. And so, yeah, no, that's funny. I'm right there with you on that one. All right, number fifteen, I had Keenan Allen, who you already said. So, who do you have? I, I had Brandon Cooks, who you already said. So, we kind of already talked about those guys. All right, all right. Um. So then let's move up here to number 14, where um, I have Tyreek Hill. Um, I already said that. Who do you got in the 14 hole? I got T. Higgins. Um, so it's funny. I have Tyreek Hill in the 13th hole, which is funny. But uh, so, yeah, T. Higgins is a guy who people drafted him high last year, higher than um, Chase a lot of times. And they felt burnt because he had a bad early part of the season. But he tore it up so much in the second half of the season yeah. that. Um, I think Burrow was still coming back from his knee injury last year. People kind of forget about that, that he was still, he was like lucky to even be playing early in the year. And uh, again, it's that offense can support two top 14 guys. Uh, Boyd, I don't think is a thing anymore. I think he's just not talented enough to get targets. And they also brought in Hayden Hurst. Yeah. So So, Higgins is a guy that, Jamar Chase is going to be getting the double. He's a number one receiver who's going to be getting number two looks. Well, uh, I actually have him at number nine. I, I not only yeah. do I think that that offense can support two top fifty, I think they can support two top ten receivers. Like it might be a little bit of a hot take, but no, I do. I think I think his like it's the same thing with like I think his week in week out floor it could be better than Chase's, but Chase will have those 50 point weeks, 45 point weeks. One thing about Chase, and we'll get to him later, but like uh, um, a lot, like he was so big play reliant. I'll get into the actual numbers on that when we talk about him later. But uh, yeah, I, I think that there could be something with, I think there's a, a, a lot of versions of this season that play out. Like if we were going to simulate the season a thousand times. There's like 
three, four hundred versions of it at least where T. Higgins outperforms Jamar Chase. Yeah. And so just that alone, I feel like you got to have him up in there, up in the mix on this one. So, yeah, I something to note here is that a lot of the like there's a lot of there's some teams that don't have a guy in our top 24 and a lot of teams have two top guys. Because you want to go with good offenses. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, like, the Bengals are a good offense. Yeah, dude. They, yeah, they were in the Super Bowl last year. They have a good offense. And there's a chance, like, dude, I mean, like, week seven, just if you're in a lot of these tournaments, like I am, these big ones where that week 17, you, there's the multiplier. Like, it really matters how much you score in that week in, in a lot of these. Dude, the Bengals are playing Buffalo that week. That could be a high-scoring shootout, dude. Like, there's a very good chance of that. And so you, you want to be able to try and, like, do these, like, game stacks if you can late in the season, especially in best ball tournaments. Like, ex- like that's a really, like, smart. I Me, mean, Brett and I are doing a best ball tournament draft Friday night, and it's like, that's the, ki- that's the kind of angle that you need. Like, I like to look at those, like, look who are the first guys you get and then maybe try and stack them back with the other team late in the draft, like, for your dart throws. It's like it's more it's more of a educated dart throw, I would say, kind of thing. Like you're you're kind of focusing the target. Anyway, um, so what were we at? Number thirteen. Yeah. Or no, 13, I, I had number fourteen. I had Tyree Kill. Um, we already kind of talked about him, but I just wanted to, um, dude, you you have him at number thirteen, like he said. So yeah. like, let's let uh, he. Yeah, dude, we'll get into it real quick. His range of outcomes is still to be the top number one wide receiver in fantasy yeah, yeah, football. He can absolutely do that. <laughs> and But also, I think if Tua really can't figure out how to use him and Waddle and focus on the running game, which is going to be big for McDaniels, he could finish outside, the, barely outside the top 24. But I just think at the end of the day, like, he's going to be the squeaky wheel that needs grease. So if he ever has a down week of targets, you better believe he's coming back with a well, vengeance. And yeah, and... Well, and the thing is here is like this is Tua's shot. Like, like I, to me, it's like the Tua discount here. I could not put him too much high. It's like uh, when we get to Debo, uh, I can't put him too much higher because of the, who's throwing him the ball. And like Tua hasn't like this is his shitter get off the pot season. And if he's not going to do it, if he's not going to do it this year, he's not going to do it when you have these kind of weapons. Yeah, I I think they'll be able to scheme him enough and. He's one of like, he's one of one really, but there's not many guys in this league that can, you watch him on the field and he's more athletic than the best athletes in the world. And he's that guy. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, dude, he makes, he makes a reason why they call him the fucking cheetah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And here's the other thing is he said, he had a quote where he said like, man, I can't wait to get out of training camp where I don't have these corners covering me every day. Like there's something, they have some of the best corners in Miami that's and true. it's only like steel sharpening steel there. No, that's, that's kind of how I feel about uh, the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh right now, where it's like, I, and I said this on the sports gambling podcast, Steelers preview where I was like, they're like, Hey, these guys aren't looking good in training camp. I'm all, well, they're going up against the Steelers defense early on in camp. Who looks good against any defense early on usually because defense a little further along. I'm like, dude, but you're going up against like, Fitzpatrick and Watt every day like yeah dude yeah (laughs) there's something to that and the thing is it's like Hill said that like he can't wait till these guys aren't covering him and then they're also saying like nobody could cover Tyreek Hill in camp so it's like they have like two top five corners in the league and neither of those guys can cover him and he's just like 
I can't wait till these guys aren't covering me because they're making me work for it. Dude, yeah, no, I, I like him a lot. Um, So number 13 for me, I have DJ Moore, Carolina. Dude, I think he's one of those guys that's just going to get a lion's share of targets. And we've seen him do it now. You know, yeah. like like he did it. He got it done last year. So, um, um, yeah, I I think I think DJ Moore is definitely in play. Um, what I do you- got DJ Moore at eleven. Okay. Um, I think he's gonna be the guy who week one everybody wishes they drafted him earlier than they did because you have the Baker Mayfield versus Browns revenge game, and Mayfield is just gonna be like, dude, I I got this guy. His skills play better to Baker than um, Odell Beckham. Yeah. So if you're going like, well, he never really used that top receiver well. It's like, no, Baker can't do what Odell wanted him to do. And DJ Moore is going to be that guy taking crossers. He takes crossers so well. And that's like a pass that he loves to throw. And besides, Baker loves working in the middle of the field. Okay, and McCaffrey's the only other really viable pass catching target in that offense. When you really think about it, Terrace Marshall's not that much. Do Robbie Anderson's falling off the cliff? Like, so you're looking at a potential dude. Like this guy could be getting like no shit, like 150 targets this year. Yeah, like, and he he's had I think six touchdowns each year so far. So there's a chance he ends up with double digit touchdowns and he's easily a top 10 guy. Yeah. There could be that positive regression thing coming. Like that's that. I don't think he gets much lower than six. Six no, is low. For I think that's, talent. I think that's the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I think based on his targets and yardage, six is like an anomaly low. Well, and uh, Darnold just got hurt in their most recent preseason preseason game so it's like that's for sure i mean they already said baker but it's oh like, man the quarterback competition ended <laughs> <laughs> such nonsense you're just taking away first team reps from baker yeah all right um let's go to number 12 who do you got dude i got mike williams at number 12 so do i there we go yeah buddy Same pick too yeah um, um yeah i think this is the year he goes he takes the step ahead of keenan allen like there there's a few there's not many guys that you can feel confident about having the most touchdowns at the position and i think he's one of them yeah and the only thing that the only reason why he's not in like my top eight is his injury history the thing is is last year before he got hurt he, he was he, he was right Debo. there. With, he was Cooper. Cup. He was right he there was, with Cooper Cup last year up until he got hurt. Absolutely, he was. I had him so, in some best balls that I got him late on, and he was putting up monster numbers, dude. Like this is a guy that, like, he was taking the step next year and it got derailed. I think if we see it, if we see a true, he he has the ability to be the number one overall scoring wide receiver in fantasy this year. Yeah. Yeah, he's dude, and we're starting to get into that range where a lot of these guys we're going to be naming have a chance to be the the guy this year. And but, he has a very high floor, high higher ceiling. Yeah, dude. No, and like I said, like I, dude, that Chargers offense is a five thousand yard passing offense with basically three main targets, one being a running back, and then the two main receivers. Like there isn't like a big time slot guy there really. Josh Palmer. There isn't really, hundred hundred catches, fifteen hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns. Is oh, within his range of outcomes. Big time. Easily. Big That's time. not even like the height of it. That's like doable. I would say, I would argue in a PPR, standard PPR league, you can, I would argue you take him as high as the late third round here. You know, and if he's, and if he's sitting there in the fourth or fifth, you have to fire on it. Like, Honestly, just... so I'm the number one pick in one of my leagues. And depending on how things fall, I might take him with the first pick of the third round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that's, that's definitely, I, that's would definitely be in play for me. 
All right, let's move on. Uh, I have number. Who do you have number eleven here? At DJ Moore. So okay, okay, so about him, yeah. Yep. Um, I have Debo Samuel. Um, just like uh, I'll get into it more on this one, dude. With Trey, I I don't buy, buy into Trey Lance as a passer, and so with that, I have to discount Debo Samuel, even though he was a top dog last year. It's dude. I, I think it's going to be hard for him to repeat that performance with a new quarterback who doesn't necessarily throw the ball over the middle. Say what you want about Jimmy G. Jimmy G could get get the ball, complete passes over the middle, and that's why George Kittle and Debo Samuel thrive in this offense. Yeah, I got Debo at eight, and I've been so up and down on him because at first I had him down because I was like, they're not. He doesn't want to rush this year, and then I re- I read the details of his contract that no, he has rushing incentives now. He just wanted to be paid to do that job. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if he he gets rushing touchdowns and rushing yardage. Like he has very low thresholds to get huge bonuses on this stuff, so he's fine running the ball. He just wanted to get paid for it. But you then it's like the I watched that. that pre- yeah. I watched that last preseason game, and Lance is just missing yeah. wide open dudes. And even when he's completing passes, he's not getting them the ball where they're moving. You know, like if Debo, you hit him in stride. No one's tackling him. If he's going backwards to reach it on a slant over the middle, yeah, he can't. They got a chance to bring him down. Yeah, his his talent is next level. But how many how many times are going to be watching a game and their drive ends on third and three because Lance just misses a guy wide and open? I his a dot is going to be down automatically right off the top. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Even though he's a little higher for me, it's just because I like I so believe in this guy's talent. Yeah, I'm not dude. He, obviously, I think he's awesome. I have him as literally a wide receiver. We're in the top twelve now. I have him as a wide yeah. receiver one still. Like if he's, he's a, your if yeah. he's your number one guy and you have like a late like. If you're if you're drafting in the eleventh hole and you get him in the third or and he's your number one wide receiver, well done, dude. You played that dude, beautifully. Dude's a greased up bowling ball. Like yeah. you're not you're not fucking getting him, all your hands on him. No, but okay. So now we get into the top ten. Um, you had DJ Moore there. Who do you have at number ten? Cortland Sutton. So do I. I had a feeling we were going to be the same on him. Yeah, dude. When wow. you hadn't had him yet, I'm like, he's probably not getting too much higher. You know what? Yeah, that's how right I felt about him spot. and Mike Williams. But what? What? So, wow, that's a few guys we have in the same spot now with uh, um, Waddle and then Brown and then Mike Williams and now Sutton at number 10. All right, dude. Yeah, I, dude, I think he's the man in Denver. Yeah. The thing is, is they are like Russ went here because he was sick of putting up huge numbers based on like insanely high efficiency offense. Cause they gave him no chance. And every time he did get a chance to throw, it's like, okay, we're down six with a minute left. Go do your thing. And he's putting up like 80 yards on the last drive of the game to make his day. Okay. I got some inside bait. I got some inside baseball, uh, some info here for you on this one. Um, dude, him and cause he went to SMU, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He's a huge Bible thumper too. Him and but- Russ have been doing Bible study together. They're Bible study buddies, dude. Dude, that's like last year how Cooper Cuff was bringing coffee to Matt Stafford every morning. Yeah, that's a, you know if they're doing Bible study after practice. Yeah, like, this is dialed in, man. Like I, sh- I Bible study. I should probably be bumping him up into like number seven spot here, but I'm going to keep him at number ten, <laughs> dude. He can get the ball downfield. He can catch the ball downfield. Like, and Russ and wants you- to do that. When you picture Russell Wilson, the first thing I think of is him doing that roll out of the pocket where he does that huge loop and then chucks it to someone down. Yeah, dude. Like, and basically, they're saying they're like, whenever a play breaks down, all he does is go, where's Cortland Sutton on the field? I'm throwing it over there. Yeah. And like, dude, uh, I'm not so high on Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick is out for the season. Dude, the target share is going to be money for him. 
And let's not forget that this fucking division, like we've already been naming a few guys in this division. Like, you yeah. know why? Because there's going to be a lot of points scored in this division. There's going to be a lot of shootouts in the AFC West. Let's get a piece of those. And Cortland Sutton's a great way of doing that, I feel. like Yeah, Cortland Sutton isn't the athlete DK Metcalf is, but he's going to get more targets and more opportunity because of this new offense. And he's probably, you know, like... Dude, he's another guy like, hey, like Mike Williams, 100 catches, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns is in play for him this season, I feel. It really is, man. It really is. Like, dude, think about what DK Metcalf did with, with Russ Wilson. And that could be Cortland Sutton, but with all, some of the Tyler Lockett stuff thrown in, too. <laughs> yeah, you're playing you're playing Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs. That's six that's six potential shootouts a year where you're gonna be like, no lead is safe. I don't care that we're up 14. We need to keep going downfield. Yeah. We need to we're not running the clock out. You know, yep. like No, nah, so dude, he's money. Okay, number nine. I already mentioned him. Uh you already mentioned T I have T. Higgins here. Um, like I said, I dude, I think that Cincinnati offense can support two top ten guys. He did. Uh, and it's one thing I love about him is what he's able to do in the red zone, what he's able to do with his body control and, and staying in bounds and catching those like deep fades and like corner routes and all that stuff to just score touchdowns. And you got a guy that scores touchdowns and another guy on his team who's going to be getting like he's a straight up touchdown score and the other guy's going to be getting double teamed. So give me some of that. Yeah. So my number nine is Michael Pittman Jr. Um, I have a number eight. Someone, I have a number okay. eight. Yeah, yeah. So. so this is someone. If you, if anyone's here is familiar with Matt Harmon and his like route tree analysis that he does, he's one of like, the best uh, analytical wide receiver minds in fantasy, and everybody uses his info. And he, like Michael Pittman is that guy who's green on every single route he runs. Like there isn't a route this guy can't run. And Matt Ryan, his whole career has had like a top five wide receiver pretty much like yeah i mean it was a julio jones but yeah i mean well before that i think it was roddy white even. oh that's right yeah, and yeah. then it was calvin ridley and like he's he's that guy and and there's not much competition i'm not no i'm not sold on paris campbell paris campbell or alec pierce no so yeah i, I that's dude that's why I have him so tight. I, I think there's a lack of general lack of competition. And really, even at the tight end spot, like we both like sucks Mo Alley Cox because. The glory hole. <laughs> glory yeah. hole? But like outside of that, like, uh, yeah. He, he could get 180 targets. Yeah. No, he, dude, he's a guy who could get like, he's probably going to be getting double digit targets every week. If he broke the reception record this year, I wouldn't be surprised. No. Like it's, that's, that's within his range of outcomes. Like he, and it's not like, it's one of those ones where do I think are there are other guys on this list that we've already named that are better, better players? Absolutely. But the opportunity here for him is crazy. And so, yep. like, yeah, he's definitely a top 10 guy in my mind. So let's move into the, your number eight guy since I've already just now gone. Said. My eight's Debo. We just talked about him when you had him at 11, I think. Or yeah, 12. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> we, we know about Debo. Number seven, who do you got? Number seven, I have Devontae Adams. And he's a guy I had as high as four. I, I have him at number list. four. Yeah, I have him at number and four. And the thing that keeps scaring me off is such a big part of his production in Green Bay and being a top five guy year in, year out is touchdowns. And Carr's never thrown more than 32 touchdowns. And he's only done it once. Yeah, And he's only done that once. He's usually in that 25 range. And to think that 
Adams is always, always a double digit touchdown guy every year, double digit touchdowns. It's, uh, it just hurts his value, even though he might have more targets, more receptions. There is enough of a risk there that seven is not bad. You know, no, I feel no. like sometimes you're like talking down on these guys and it's like, yeah, that's why he's not the number one guy on my list. This is why he's not the number four guy. You're splitting hairs with these guys. Yeah, at this point, we're really splitting hairs. And yeah, I have him as my number four. I'm not so worried about the touchdowns going down with him. I, I think because of Carr, I think that really, it really hurts Waller and Hunter Renfro more. Well, I also read the other day because I was just, I've been, I have Foster Moreau as a deep, deep guy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we, we talked about reading, that. Yeah, I like him. I've a been lot. just watching, looking for fall, Waller news on his injury. And I'm, he, everything he's saying is they have red zone packages for me. He's all hyped because he's finally going to be used in the red zone, is what Waller's saying. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I still think Adams is going to score more touchdowns than Waller. But even if Waller gets one or two that should have gone Adams' way, it, it could knock him down to eight and out of the top 10. I, I just think we're going to get the 100 catches, and the, I think the double-digit touchdowns will still be there. And so he, He's going to be a wide receiver one, I think. But, yeah, we're, we're splitting hairs here. Dude. I have number Big seven time. here, uh, C.D. Lamb. Um, and I, I'm, I, could, I could talk myself into, once again, bumping him up to, like, number three even because with that, like Dallas, like Amari Cooper moving to Cleveland and a lot of other things going on there, like there's some serious opportunity for him to be, like, a heavy, heavy target share guy. But Gallup at the same time, I'm just not sold in. on I'm not sold on Dak this year. I'm not sold on that McCarthy scheme. I just think that there's a lot of problems with that over that. And I'm I'm really nitpicking here, but like that's why I don't have him higher on this list. I think talent wise, dude, he's as good as anybody, pretty much. I have CD Lamb at number five, and I just feel like McCarthy's kind of an idiot, and it might work in his favor because at the end of the day, Dak's just gonna be like, you know what? If I just throw to CD, good things are gonna happen. And it's not like they have some like intricate no you have to do this play and this guy's going to be wide open it's going to be like he's going to be throwing to a covered cd lamb a lot of times but it's going to work yeah because cd lamb's the man he's good yeah um so number six who do you got number six i got mike evans all right um i have him much higher but you i have him at number two actually <laughs> so mike evans is just in that spot of he was my tom, hot take guy for this year <laughs> so tom brady like they have Russell Gage. They have Godwin. They bring in Julio Jones. All of these guys, like, have like. First of all, Julio, can he stay healthy? Like, who yeah, knows? Who knows? Is he is he totally done? I don't know. Godwin is going to start the year not playing. He's going to yeah. start the year hurt. This is Russell why I Gage so is going to start the year hurt. Yep. Like, and when they come back, they still might like creep into top twenty four wide receivers based on like twelve games. You know because. Tom Brady's going to throw for 5,000 yards. Uh, this guy at 45 looks younger than he did at 25. Yep. And it, you look at it, and it's Evans is always been pencil him in right now. 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns every year. And you could see him getting a bump early, and it's not going to go down when these other guys come back. He's one guy that I can seriously, 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 seriously say. I think I he might be the number one fantasy wide receiver this year, just based on his early season work with all those injuries and everything. And Gronk he might have like 20 touchdowns. And, I mean, dude. yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe Gronk comes back. But yeah. He's not going to get that Gronk red zone work too, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, it's, it's going to be absurd. The love, That's why I have him so high just because, Oh, I got a guy getting, catching the ball from Tom Brady, who Tom Brady wants to throw to and trust more than anybody else that he's going to be any target out there right now. Sign me up. Like, yeah. 
end of the day, Tom Brady wants to win more than anything. And more chances than not, that's going to mean throwing a shit ton to Evans. Yep. Okay, number six, I have Jamar Chase. And the reason why I don't have him in like the top three like a lot of people do is I did the math last year, and um, here's that little nugget I, I promised from earlier. 33% of his fantasy production last year was on six plays. Yes, those 50-point games look amazing. But when you have that kind of big play production making up your fan, like that's a huge thing. Dude, think about how many play like overall targets and whatnot, like his target share. Like that's such a small percentage of it. Like yeah. and you're getting that big of a production of it. Like of it. I'm not saying he's not going to have big plays this year. Of course he is. But the, the expect that kind of like, like I think there's going to be a regression there. And that's why I have a mirror number six, which once again is still fucking very, very high. I consider. I, yeah. <laughs> I have him at number four and he's a guy that if he finishes the number one wide receiver overall, nobody's going to be surprised. No, no. Because no. only six, like there's only like two or three guys in the league who can get 33% of a huge year on six plays, Yeah, you know? And, <laughs> and if you look at like wide receivers and as a rookie, being a superior talent, like, like look at Justin Jefferson. Being a superior talent could have you have a huge year, but once you figure out actually how to be a wide receiver in this league, you could take a step. Yep, you could break out, and that is within the range of outcome of maybe he is kind of a one trick pony on the deep threat. But if he figures out how to have his short game there and be, do yeah. more things, like he, we could be looking back at this next year as the clear like number one overall in drafts, and I wouldn't be surprised. True, 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 and but like. I just think with, like I said, I, I do have t- the reason why I have him a little, a couple spots lower than you do, but I, it's because I have T Higgins a little bit higher and, yeah. and I just, I think T Higgins is going to creep a little bit more into his target share and overall target shares dictates fantasy production. That six, that's 33% on six plays is a little bit of an outlier. And, and we, he, he got a lot of attention making a Super Bowl run. If he doesn't figure out how to take a next step forward in his game, defenses will make sure those big plays don't happen yeah there's a chance he finishes 15 you know like yeah like and that and that's why uh, that's why i have him where i do okay well, who do you got number five number five i had cd lamb so we okay just so talked we're talking about, about him um i have stefan diggs um i actually have him in my dynasty and i have josh allen so i'm excited to have that big part but that buffalo offense man um, they're going to be throwing the ball downfield. Like, yeah, Gabe Davis, I said earlier, but dude, Stefan Diggs is the man there. And, and he is going to be getting a big target share. He's got a good rapport with the quarterback. He's in the prime of his career. It's got all the check boxes that he could be the number one overall guy. But I think number five is a great spot for him on this list. So Diggs to me is the classic people overreacting to their own fantasy team guy. I have him at number three and it's like two years ago, he goes to the Bills and he was going in like the like sixth to eighth round. Yeah. And he ends up like the wide receiver one, you <laughs> yeah, know, like yeah, and everybody's like, oh, I nailed this guy. I'm going to draft him first pick overall. And so like last year, he gets drafted in the first round everywhere. And then he finishes at what, like wide receiver 12 or something. I don't yeah, know exactly your have, format, but yeah, that's a great receiver. But everyone just had him as being like Cooper Cup yep. of last year. So like. They were disappointed with a great year out of the guy, and it's like, no, I, if you have, I, if it's, you, it's crazy, dude. There's a lot of in a lot of these best ball drafts I've done. I've had the tenth pick, and, and the most recent one, the hundred twenty five dollar one I did. I had the tenth pick overall. He was my first round pick, 
Yeah. You know, it was like, well, I'm going to dude, this guy's a this guy's going to be a wide receiver one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Here's the funny thing too is so many people want to like call out guys who have never done it before as having the potential to do it. I'd rather call out guys that having the potential to do it again. Yeah. We've yeah. seen it. We've, We've seen, seen it. it in this offense. There's no changes to when it worked amazing for everybody. Why are we going to discount that? Because we overvalued it last year. Like it, no. I don't know, it's insane to me that like, I, and I think could dude, get him, I think mid top 10 is a perfect fucking number for him. There's probably yeah. a few guys that, hey, at the end of the year, there's probably going to be a few guys that outscore him, but he's going to be better than pretty much everybody else. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> I have a buddy who's like a rookie fantasy player, and he joined a league of mine this year, and he had Josh Allen as a keeper in the eighth round, and he was picking last, and he was all bummed out. And I'm like, dude, you're at the turn of a snake draft. Let me tell you, if Diggs falls to you and Kamara falls to you, take those two guys, and with Diggs, Kamara, and, or with Diggs, Kamara, and Josh Allen, like you're going to possibly have the best player at three positions. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And I'm like, I'm, and I'm like, okay, the rest of your draft, you're on your own, but I've given you. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got, you have, you have the framework for a decent team this year <laughs> for a really good team. Like those guys aren't going to screw you. All right. Um, number four, I have Devonte Adams. We already talked about him. Who do you got there? I got Jamar chase. We already talked about, about him. him. So yeah, let's move up to number three. We're into the final top three and dude we're doing this under an hour too i'm proud of us man um yeah, you know that could be quick yeah all right who do you got as your number three wide receiver and we'll, uh, and we'll spend a little bit more time on these guys i got know? Diggs as my number three and we uh we just talked about him right now um i just feel like he's so safe like the everything could go wrong and he's a top 12 guy yeah, and it, it, he could easily be the number one overall guy and that's what you're looking for when you're drafting in the first round you're not drafting like i I don't know. The reason why Jonathan Taylor is like going off the board number one, he just went off the board number three in one of these drafts I did. It was insane. But <clears throat> the, I told you, anyway, I told you about that already. Yeah. But uh, the the reason why he's going, he's the average number one in most of these drafts, is because he, dude, like he's. It's not that he's most likely to be the number one overall guy because the guy that rarely repeats is the number one overall guy, but he's definitely going to be a top ten guy. He's definitely going to be a yeah. top five guy, most likely even. And so like. You, you you gotta hit on those first on these these first round picks. First two, I think you have to hit on your first three picks for sure. Yeah, pick four is when you could get crazy and start taking a guy that has a high range of of you know outcomes. But he's gonna he's gonna be a wide receiver one. You're drafting him as a wide receiver one, and like I said, he could fall late in that first round where you're getting him with Devonte Adams. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting both those guys. You know, and it's like, it, it's they, like it's crazy. As much as Diggs burnt, people felt burnt by him last year. It's just. It's stupid. It's it's it, just a, it's a lesson in, like, as a fantasy player, we love it because of the emotions. But the second your emotions affect your decision making is when you're going to lose. Yeah. Be emotional in the moment. But well, let why it go. I, this this most recent football guys draft to go back to that. Like last year, you and I did one of those. We had Kyler Murray, and he kind of burned. It's not really though. He was damn good. Yeah. And, and well, early on, he was. He was we were looking like geniuses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, and I got him again this year because you know what? People were disappointed, let down by him last year. His draft value slipped. So now I got him at a better price, and the chance of a guy like he's well, he's the only guy in the league that can get five thousand yards r- passing, one thousand yards rushing. How is that guy going slipping? Well, because people yeah. had an emotional reaction to him the year before. <laughs> yep. So, 
And so um, and at the same time, we, we had Allen Robinson last year and he's he's in our top 24 this year. Yeah. You got to let that shit go, man. You got to you got to <laughs> let it go, dude. Yeah, we were and we we remember how we were like one of those guys in the Rams is going to or no, no. That was Robert <clears> Woods. <throat> we were like one of the guys on the Rams is going to pop. It's going to be the Rams yeah. or Woods or Cooper <clears throat> Cup. Well, we picked wrong on that one. <laughs> you definitely missed the mark there. The uh, funny thing it too, it's like it's like in gambling where it's like Oh man, I really like the Eagles this week. And then some guy goes, "Fuck the Eagles!" Back in 1997, they fucking burnt me. On and you're like, "Yeah, seriously, bro? Like you're gonna be a sports gambler and you're not betting the Eagles because it's something that happened 25 years ago." Yeah, uh, uh, that shit happens, man. It happens. It's insane so how many much. people hold a grudge against teams like that and stuff. Yeah, or it's just like. <laughs> They burned me on the tenth game of a ten game parlay. Those fucking assholes. It's like, well, dude, you're the asshole thinking a ten game parlay is for sure gonna catch. The fact that you got nine out of ten, you're lucky. You should have hedged it. And it's like, oh, 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 last week I bet them and they lost. And it's like, yeah, most most teams when they when you look at their against the spread record end up around 500 yeah you know like so if they lost last week chances are this is the week to bet on yeah them. dude <laughs> or it's like i mean another one of those things that you can always look at is like teams that like dramatically underperform the spread so let's say they're like a, it was like a minor they're a plus three and they end up getting blown out by like 19 dude bet them the next week yeah they because like there's no way they over <laughs> underperform the spread that bad two weeks in a row like, yeah. like the chances All are that team got shut out. Well, they're not going to get shut, shut out, out the again. next week. Yeah. <laughs> no one gets shut out two weeks in a row, dude. We can <laughs> let's bet the team total over. Like, it's all right. Um, for number three, I have Cooper cup. Um, dude, he, he was the, he put up Jerry rice level numbers last year. I think that's going to be hard to re replicate. That's why I don't have him as the number one guy on my board, but dude, I mean, I, I can see the argument of him being the number one guy again, but just, like like with running backs and quarterbacks, it's you. They usually don't have. It's usually not the same guy every year, you know. So so I have Cooper Cup at number one, and it's based off this. I I think I'm get. I don't know if the stats exactly right, but it's close. If you take away like 20 receptions, 500 yards, and six touchdowns, he was still the wide receiver number one overall yeah, last year. <laughs> it's some. It, uh, it's, it's yeah, somewhere it's so you can go look it up for yourself with your own league scoring, but. That's how much better he was than everybody else. And so even if he comes back to human form, he still He's has still in the mix. That's why I mean that's why I have him at number You're three. Number three. Yeah. Like that is an amazing place to be. Yeah. So I, so, I, I didn't di I don't think I discounted him too hard. I think I he's right in there. Um yeah, just, I also said, I but also the, with Allen Robinson there, I think there's a potential where he, he eats into that target share a little. And this is what's funny, even having him as my number one overall, if I'm picking like at pick seven in the draft and Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson are both there, I'm probably taking Jefferson. Yeah. No. That, so that, it's like, like, <laughs> okay, well, and, it, <laughs> and like, I've already said my number two and Mike Evans, Jefferson is my number one for the like, kind of that. Re like I've been taking, I and I have, I have taken, I have had in a couple of these drafts, the number two overall pick and I've taken Cooper Cup and like two of them behind uh, Jonathan Taylor, but in but that's five dollar leagues because that's just me wanting to have a piece of Cooper Cup on the cheap, right? In the mm -hmm. in the higher money leagues, when I've had the chance between them, I'm taking fucking Justin Jefferson every time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Jeff, Justin Jefferson's my number two. Um, like this guy has done nothing but 
exceed expectations and his expectations were very high yeah he was a first round pick so that's i mean any first round pick receiver you're expected to be an alpha dog he comes in and does it puts up randy moss rookie kind of numbers which is kirk cousins is a five thousand yard guy yeah and in dynasty he's easily my number one guy and i have him as my dynasty quarterback and the guy before me took jamar chase when he dropped to me in the number four spot my dynasty draft i was like dude there's an argument that he's the number one guy in a dynasty draft just because yes. wide receivers have a longer shelf life than running backs do. And the fact that the Vikings are probably going to upgrade their quarterback situation in the next few years. And that's only going to make Justin Jefferson even better. <laughs> and like, yeah, so the Vikings were very run-first team the last two years. And Jefferson put and, up the numbers he did. And now the coordinator now, for who had Cooper Cup is now his new head coach. bringing in And that calling system. him, the he's in our Cooper Cup role. Yes. He's going to be our Cooper Cup. And the funny thing is, you might think, oh, well, this is going to hurt Dalvin Cook's value. Actually, if you look at when they run the uh, 11 personnel, which is one tight end, one running back, which is what they run a lot in this Ram yep. system that's coming over, Three wide. that's where Dalvin Cook was most efficient. So it's like it's not like the running game is going to be hurt. The passing game is just going to be better. Yeah, and so this yeah. offense isn't taking a step back in the running game to take a step forward in the passing game. They're going to take a step forward in both. Well, and just like you, you replace a defensive coach in Mike Zimmer, an old old school defensive coach in Mike Zimmer, with a younger, like more progressive offensive mind. That that, uh, and you have a fucking like crazy young receiver like this. The, the odds of him taking a step forward again are actually pretty damn good. And so that's why, like, really, with I think with him, like Evans, um, and Cup, I really, I mean, I could split it any which way with them for who's going to end up being the number one guy at the end of the year. Cup, we saw him do it last year. Evans has a chance because of his early season, uh, the injuries around him, that he could really put up some fucking numbers. And but Jeff- Justin Jefferson's the guy where it's just like, no, he's the one where it's just like, no, pure, pure talent alone could get him there for the entire season. Like so the general way you look at wide receivers is their first year talent will show on the field, even if the results aren't there. The second year is when the breakout happens because now they're not thinking about things. They're just doing right. Yep. So second year breakout receivers is a huge thing. Third year is where you find out who they are because chances are their third year stats is going to be where they hold. They're not going to go up in the fourth year. It's going to yeah. be around that third year, you know? So this is the year we find out who Justin Jefferson is, and I think it's going to be the best version of who we've seen the first two years. Yeah, I and, mean, and the fact that he plays in a dome, you know. Yeah. Um, hey, and we talk about, like, divisional matchups, too. Dude, he gets two games against Detroit's defense. You know, he, he gets two games against the Bears, who are looking like tra- – like as, as I would say on my, my Zed show, the, the Bears look like glue donkeys. Um <laughs> And then they're the probably, bear, and then they, they, I don't know if they're good. Like Kirk Cousins probably doesn't have enough that he can't personally hang with Aaron Rodgers. But those games have a chance for him to Justin Jefferson to get a lot of nice garbage time and keep up points and shootout kind of points. So uh, yeah, I, I just I, I I love what he brings to the table here. And but like I said, dude, we can that top five we can really kind of any one of those guys really could be top five, six, seven. Any, any of those guys could. I think they're all kind of right around the same level talent wise, but may, I don't know. Maybe Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is that Randy Moss freak. Uh, and if and you're like, listening to this, you're basically in these top five guys. You're trying to figure out who to get in the first round. Just get who you like. Yeah. Get the guy you, you like. know, like, yeah, at the don't end of the day, like I ranked Cooper cup higher than Justin Jefferson, but I picked Justin Jefferson over cup. Cause I like it, you yeah. know, like, 
I would rather be wrong on a guy I like than than right on. Well, like and also another like. reason why I like Jefferson so much is just like, and this is kind of like, there's so many different formats, whether it's Superflex, whether it's Best Ball, whether it's Dynasty, whether it's Redraft, whether it's Keeper League, average. Uh, we don't we don't do a um, we're not doing an IDP episode, but like there are you know defensive players like where you have a defensive player. <clears throat> Uh, one reason why I like Jefferson so much is because of, believe it or not, is because of Kirk Cousins. Because you can stack him cheap with him. You yeah. know, you can, in, in any format, either you get him as like your, you can get him as your number two quarterback in any format pretty cheap. And in a best ball, that's great because there are going to be those weeks where they connect for a crazy big game and, and you're going to have that point. Yeah. It's funny, like. The 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 guys at the bottom of our list, like you look at a Hunter Renfro, and you're like, I love him in the sixth round. Should I take him in the fifth to make sure I get him? Is he worth a fourth? Like you have those thoughts yeah. of ADP, right? And what makes sense for you, and, and you just got to do, like you don't want to wait too long if you really like the guy. And one thing you always want to kind of look at is ADP versus ECR. ECR is the expert consensus ranking. So sometimes, like if a, if a guy's off by fifteen from the experts to the eighty where they're going on the draft, it's probably a guy you want to be getting when, yeah. <laughs> when he's and he falls. You you know like. But if, to, for me, I, I fall into this trap all the time of like, I want to get, um, I want to get Hunter Renfro in the sixth round, and then it's like he someone takes him at the end of the fifth or before me in the sixth, and I miss him, and he goes off for a huge year. And I just sit back and go, that would have been a great pick in the fifth round, too. And you would have for sure had him. What, like, why are you playing these? Who did you get in the fifth round pick that, like, justified losing out on this guy? But when you're talking about these top guys, like, none of them are going to be there by your second pick. Yeah. You know, like, so, yeah, if you so really, just if you really like, you like. <laughs> if you really like Cooper Cup and he's on the board, you better take him there. Yeah, because he's not going to pass be there last, your next pick. He's not going <laughs> to last pass the guy behind you. <laughs> yeah, it's, so yeah, it, it's funny the way this works. In that, like, our fifteen to twenty four guys, you could play those ADP yeah. games of, and, and you don't want to wait too long. But if I could get him there, that would be amazing, and my yeah. team would be so good. But with these top, really, with the top ten guys, like, it, it, like, no, nah, I guess, but the top top seven, if you don't get him with your first pick, you're probably not going to get him. Yeah, unless you're at the end of the first round. Unless you're in the first yeah, round, like, and, there's a, yeah. and there's a swing back for you there. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the only way that's happening because it's just, yeah, it's, and like, it's funny because it's like it's it's always funny to me when you talk to people that don't like that. You can I can tell who fantasy rubes are when they don't talk about it. Like you know, it's pretty good this year, Cooper Cup. It's like, yeah, the motherfucker put up like historic <laughs> numbers last year. If you want to like impress me, give me a James Prochet, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like all these guys who are going in the first round in every single draft. Yeah. They're good. They're, yeah, really, they're really, really good. good. And everybody who's playing this knows that pretty much. Like, I, yeah. Um, I, I mean, here's another deep sleeper. I'll throw out there real quick is David bell for the Browns. I like that. He's another he's rookie. Um, but I, I think there's a serious role possibly for him in that. I, I'm not sold on that offense, but he's just a, like an ace slot guy and ace yeah. slot guys tend to, uh, put up numbers you know so uh with juju missing a lot of time i'm raising higher and higher on marquez valdez scantling in that if he ends up getting targets and being a deep threat guy he could actually yeah outperform where he's being drafted we always, yeah we always thought you know he if he puts it together with aaron Rodgers and green bay there's something to seriously unlock there but it's never quite happened but now hey 
Dude, how many guys are that lucky where, oh, I didn't quite put it together with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. There's a good chance you can end up with Jared Goff and, and or Trey Lance or somebody like that. But no, he ends up with Patrick Mahomes. So he's his career's got a little bit longer of a window maybe than, than another Aaron, guy. Aaron Rodgers is so good that he lets his ego get in the way of if Valdez Scantling, like, got in front of him in the lunch line he's not gonna throw him passes like he just there's there's weird shit going on hopefully the ayahuasca released well, whatever saw, demons are holding him back you saw the picture of him at training camp looking like nick cage and con air like it's just <laughs> like i feel like mahomes is just gonna be like why didn't rogers pass to this guy more and like yeah it could just especially with tyree but he, i mean he could end yeah. up being the tyree role not to say he's gonna put up tyreek numbers but he could be in that role. So I also see KJ Hamler is that guy that he's so fast that if he gets that deep ball with, with Wilson throwing that super high pass, it just drops right in the bread basket that he did with lock all the time, lock it all the time. Um, like he could be a guy that you can't trust him, but on a bye week, you throw him in as that flyer flex. Yeah, you know, and he know. could he could score thirty for you. Uh, that's like, I I do like <laughs> KJ Osborne just because I think Adam Thielen's taking a step might be taking a step back this year, but he's also going in a good discount too. Really, um, at eleven personnel, all three of those guys are worth drafting. All three, Jefferson, of the, yeah, Thielen, and, ex- and Osborne. I mean, Jefferson's the the guy that you have to get if you have the first four pick, basically. But yeah. the other guys, you can fucking get those guys at a pretty good value, and I and I think. You know, so if you don't a, know who to pick and they're within the range of picks, yeah, right there, probably want to take them. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like that is one thing you got to think too with these these star ace guys. If you really like these guys and want like what they bring to an offense at the very top, but you don't get them, you might want to look into taking their backup, you know? Yeah. Like in the running back situation, I'm not sold on McCaffrey because he doesn't really do the full season. So, and Deontay Foreman sitting there in like the 15th through 19th round in almost every draft. He's worth a stab if you don't think McCaffrey's going to be healthy this year. You know, like then you then you like Deontay Foreman. That's all that means. If you're going to bet on something, bet on it both ways. Yeah, don't don't pass on McCaffrey because you think he's going to get injured, and then pass on Foreman. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a fucking idiot at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into the running backs on the next episode. Brett, it's always fun doing this. Um, uh, make sure you follow the show at Luxops Pod on Twitter. And make sure you check out my other show, the Zed Run Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, at Zed Podcast on Twitter. Um, I've been having a lot of fun over there. Dude, Brett, you're going to love this. Have you ever seen the movie Sorry to Bother You? No. You see, you see that? Well, it's like there's a part where they, uh, they create this, like, they find out that they've been, like, using, like, it's kind of an anti-capitalist, like, labor, pro-labor kind of uh, message in the movie. But you find out all these, like, workers at this one company are being turned into, like, these, like, hybrid horse people. And Zed Run has basically announced this like weird like skins thing where it's like it's, they're called nudes, and think of just like weird looking half horse people with horse dicks walking around on this thing, and it, it's absolutely terrifying. And if so, if you want to hear all about floppy digital horse dicks, fucking check out my most recent episode of the Zed Run Gambling Podcast. But that's all we got for you right now. We we'll back with running backs and quarterbacks by by the season starts and uh hopefully by the time your draft help you out with these things uh brett thank you so much for joining me i love you buddy and uh love you too bro oh uh, we will be back soon bye bye everybody god bless bye. you and keep gambling